Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where you'll get the tools you need to master your money, marketing, and your motivation. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the money and marketing coach, motivational speaker, and huge Dr. Pepper lover who is on a mission to connect you with women who are incredible at what they do with the hope that you will leave inspired, educated, and motivated to create the life that sets your soul on fire. Welcome back, Females on Fire. Before we dive into another great episode, I'm excited to tell you about this week's show sponsor, The Money and Marketing Catalyst. It's my signature 12-week group program for entrepreneurs and small business owners who are ready to go from stuck to scaling. MMC, as we so affectionately call it, focuses on using my four-step core framework to find and fill the gaps in your sales and marketing processes and acts as the catalyst for leveling up your revenue and your content. If you're sick of constantly brainstorming new ways to make your revenue goals or tired of being on the hamster wheel of creating content that doesn't convert into sales, then this program was made for you because it is the only program of its kind that digs into both your business finances and sales processes and your marketing and social media strategies. And the best news, enrollment is currently open for the next round. Just head over to applymmc.com to fill out a commitment-free application so our team can determine if the program is the right fit for you and give you more information. Don't spend three more months banging your head on your desk and asking yourself why your hard work isn't paying off. This program will sell out, so take the first step to making a change by applying for the Money and Marketing Catalyst today. Again, head over to applymmc.com to put in your application and get more details so you can start scaling the business you love and have the life you want to live. Welcome back, Females on Fire. We have another fantastic guest for you today. I am so excited to get to chat with Sophie Thorne. Sophie is a serial entrepreneur and business strategist who helps women make the shift from solopreneur to CEO so they can scale their business with ease. She works with female entrepreneurs who are looking to streamline their strategy, create scalable systems, and develop a CEO mindset. And after working in corporate for eight years, she decided to set up, scale, and subsequently exit a successful e-commerce business, learning what works and what doesn't in the process. And that led her to build her current business, a multiple six-figure service-based business with multiple revenue streams that allows her to travel the world and run her business from anywhere. Isn't that the goal for all of us? Doesn't that sound amazing? Sophie is incredible, and today we are talking about her expertise, systems. And this is not your standard boring conversation about systems. We are going to be diving really deep into Sophie's five-step process for creating systems in your business and the fun exercise that you need to do before that to make sure you're setting up the right systems. So it is going to be an info-packed 
episode. So go ahead and grab your notebooks, pause whatever you're doing, because you're definitely going to want to take some notes and hear everything that Sophie has to say. Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Hi, Haley. Delighted to be here. Yes, I'm excited to have you. I'm excited about this conversation. But before we get into all the good stuff, can you just share a little bit about you and your journey getting into business? Sure. So like a lot of entrepreneurs, I started in the corporate world. So I started my career as a strategy consultant. So I worked as a strategy consultant for just over eight years. And I worked with big kind of multinational million and billion dollar companies on strategic change. So all of the things that are needed to grow a business, to scale a business and, and, and all of that. And I really loved what I did. I just didn't love so much maybe the people that I was working with, both in terms of the clients and in terms of uh, my colleagues and some of the values and things like that. So I jumped ship. And really at that point, I was desperate to start my own business. But I'll be honest, I lacked the confidence to do so. And so what I decided to do was go help other startups to grow their businesses and, and learn that way. So I was head of operations and then chief operating officer for two different startups in two very different industries. One was in advertising and one was a drinks company, really just to learn the ropes, learn how to take a small business and grow it. Cause I'd already always worked with these kind of big multi multinational companies. And finally about four, five years ago now, I took the plunge and I set up my first business, which was an e-commerce business, which I then sold. I, I started it, scaled it, sold, and then sold sold it back in 2018 and I kind of found myself at a bit of a loose end at, at that point. I kind of had all this experience and I'd, I'd, I'd grown my own company and I didn't really know what else to do and so I started asking friends and friends and friends in my network whether they needed help sort of starting businesses or, or growing their businesses and that's how I ended up doing what I do now. So I am a, I consider myself a serial entrepreneur but I'm a business strategist and I support female entrepreneurs to start and scale their business and I really focus on three areas in particular and I know we're going to dive um, into one today but one is, is the mindset, that CEO mindset. One is the, the traditional strategy, whether that's a go-to-market strategy, whether that's a business strategy, whether that's a uh, sales and marketing strategy and then systems and all of the things that we as entrepreneurs need to do to run our businesses, dare I say, easily and efficiently without sort of being chained to our desk and chained to our laptops. I love that. I love that. And we are going to get into talking all about systems. So I'm excited to dive into one area of your expertise. But uh, one thing I just want to say, I, I, I think it's interesting because first of all, I love that you call yourself a serial entrepreneur because I very much identify with that term. I think a lot of our listeners do. I think a lot of entrepreneurs do. Um, but I love that your story was very, um, I, I don't want to say typical because it's not typical, but we hear so many entrepreneurs that say things like I was in my corporate job and I just didn't love it. And now I'm a serial entrepreneur and I have all these different, you know, little passions or areas of my business that I really thrive in. And, 
Um, especially I, I very much identified with that, that part about asking your friends and family if, if, how you can help them and doing all that. Cause I think we all start that way, right? We start a small business and we're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a lot of clients. It's going to be amazing. And then we're like, Oh crap. How do I get the clients? Hey mom, can I help you out? Like, and so I think we all can identify with those parts of the business of running a small business, starting a small business. So I love that. I love, you know, your kind of journey to get here. I always think it's interesting to chat with people who had the confidence and, and believed in themselves enough to leave a corporate job. Cause I know how scary that is. And that's such a, a big, you know, monumental step. So kudos to you. Congratulations. Cause that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and as I kind of, you know, alluded to in the story, like it was fits and starts. Like I didn't initially have that confidence. You have the confidence to leave the job, but not to start the business. And then, right. <laughs> then finally you kind of get the confidence. And so if anyone's listening and, 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 you know, they want to do it, it, it's okay to kind of, for want of a better word, ladder to that confidence, ladder to that point. I think there's a lot of talk about ditch it all and start a business. There are different ways that you can do that. And there are plenty of stories like mine that, that show that. Definitely. I think there's so many different ways into entrepreneurship. And then from that point, there's so many different ways to be an entrepreneur and run your business. So I don't think there's a wrong way to do it or a wrong avenue to take. Um, and, and I think you know, hearing these stories of these women who have done it, they're always, you know, they always have their similarities, like we were just talking about, but they always are very different in terms of how they got in and, and then where they went from there. So I think it just kind of goes to show you that there's just really no one right way to do things. And, and that that confidence really does just come over time, you know, like mm -hmm. clearly you had to have some kind of confidence to step out and say, Oh, I'm going to leave the corporate job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to launch this business. It's going to be great. But how much confidence did you really have? You know, like you really grow it over time. Once you get into making those mistakes and having those failures and just trying over and over and over again. Totally. Yeah. I often say to my clients that there's no wrong or right way to, to launch or to run a business, but there's a wrong or right way for you. And it's about kind of finding that alignment and, and kind of growing in whatever direction it is that, that feels good for you. I love that. Yeah. There's a wrong or right way for you for sure. Well, let's get in to talking all about systems. Cause I know you have so much good juicy information for us today and I can't wait for our listeners to hear it. And I know we have talked about systems on the show before you and I were talking about this before the show. Um, but I love the spin that you've kind of put on this and I know you've got an exercise for them. You've got a five-step process. So I want to get into all of that today. Uh, we're just going to overwhelm their brains. So you guys, if you're listening, take out your notebooks because you're going to need to take some notes. Sophie's about to drop a lot of goodness for you. Um, so let's start with, I know that exercise that you have, it's your zone of genius exercise. I know you've kind of said that's sort of the first step in creating systems. And we know systems are important for our business, but I think sometimes they can be very overwhelming. So hopefully this exercise helps. So can you just talk about that and explain what this exercise is and how our listeners can do it at home? 
Sure. Yeah. So as you've alluded to, systems in in a business are really vital if you want to grow. And what tends to happen is you think about systems and and we can obviously break that down a little bit, but it can absolutely be very overwhelming. So we want to understand what's our starting point. And that's where the zone of genius exercise comes in, because you want to figure out what are the things that come to you really easily, come to you really naturally, where you're really in the flow. And what are the things where maybe you need to either delegate it or you need a system. And, And so that's why for me, when I kind of work with clients, I use that zone of genius exercise as a starting point. Because again, you know, if you want to grow your business, or even, you know, you're just at the early stage, and you're wanting to launch a business, but you've got other things going on in your life, you really want to make sure you're constantly working at like your highest level as much as possible. And you're not wasting energy and wasting time in areas where maybe someone else could do it easily or maybe a computer could do it for you or whatever it might be. And that's exactly, as I said, where the zone of genius exercise comes in. So we all have a zone of genius. I've yet to meet someone who doesn't have a zone of genius. And it's really that place where you, and as a result, of course, your business really thrives. And really the extent to which you focus your time and your energy within your zone of genius will determine, I think, from experience, A, how fulfilled you are, like how happy you are running your business. And also then how successful your business will be, because if you're at your best, then your business will be at its best. And really what I've seen kind of working with clients, I work with six and seven bigger business owners. And what I see is the successful business owners really stay entirely in their zone of genius as much as possible, of course. And they create these repeatable systems, which are going to, we're going to talk about shortly, that run very smoothly without them. And or they hire people to delegate to, of course, meaning that they don't get caught up in all of that busy work. And and so really, that's what we want to be doing. We want to be staying 100 percent focused on the things that you're good at and the things that really push the needle in the business. And so my exercise is all about effectively figuring out, you know, what am I good at? How do I know what I'm good at? So you want to think about the zone of genius, I guess, as a as a quadrant, as, a, as, as four squares, if you will. And there are four different uh, areas, four different zones. Um, the first zone is called the zone of incompetence. So in this zone, in the zone of incompetence, you're engaging in something that inherently maybe you don't understand it or you're not naturally really skilled at it so for me this would be something like design work i have a graphic designer um, on a retainer she does all of the lovely graphics that you might see on my website or wherever it is i'm not personally going to spend time of course did at the beginning i I recognize that when you're early you do it all but but now that i'm slightly further on in my journey i'm not going to spend time in canva doing you know lovely designs because it just doesn't come to me naturally and it's not the best use of my time so that's really the zone of competence it's something that you don't know about something that you you maybe even you hate you don't really like that much something that you're not very good at and then we move across to what I call the zone of competence so here you're doing something that you're good at that you're okay at but the key here is that other people and by or other resources I'll say so that could be people or it could be a system could also do it so you're not really it's not like a special skill of yours it's just something that you can do and 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 you've learned to do it but 
other people could do it too, or a system could take that um, over for you. So admin tasks are a really good example. I, for one, I'm personally, I'm incredibly um, organized. And so it would be very easy for me to manage the, the admin side of my business. But again, is it the best use of my time to be formatting documents or managing my diary or whatever it is? So that's where the zone of competence comes in. And then we get to the two most exciting zones. One is the zone of excellence. And of course, then finally, the zone of genius. So the zone of excellence is where you're doing something that you're really skilled at so often the difference between the zone of excellence and the zone of genius is the zone of excellence is something that you've cultivated over time you've practiced it you've learned it you've um it wasn't necessarily something that you were just born with but you've taken all the time and effort to grow your capabilities in that area so again using myself as an example i might put teaching or speaking in my zone of excellence it's not something that you know first day of school i was you know a brilliant speaker necessarily but over time I've done more speaking gigs I've I've spoken in front of small and large audience etc and, and you cultivate it and so you become pretty good at it um, and so and then finally we've got the zone of genius and this is where it's like your natural abilities it's where it's innate almost you were born with it rather than learned and it's we often talk about this state of flow I, I don't know if you have sort of come familiar with the term flow but it's it's that place where you're just inspired you, you almost you almost don't realize you're working it's just everything comes to you so easily and you really 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 excel at that and as i said we've all got a zone of genius so that is the first bit to understand you've got these four zones zone of incompetence zone of competence zone of excellence and zone of genius so what i want the listeners to do is get out their notepads and you want to want to look at last week let's say and you want to write a list of all the tasks you did in that week big or small write them down and there isn't an exact science and this is this list is going to be different for everyone and we're not here to judge what's on the list or what's not on the list we just want to start to paint a picture of what you're doing on any given week within your business and therefore what sits within your zone of genius and then step two is to assign a zone to each of these tasks. So does, does that task sit in your zone of incompetence? You're not very good at it. Does it sit in the zone of competence? You're good at it, but other people could do that too. Does it sit in the zone of excellence? Or does it sit in the zone of genius? Really, in that case, only you can do. And again, I, I'm just going to say again, approach this with curiosity and without judgment, which I know is easier said than done. But this really isn't about berating yourself for spending most of your time in your zone of incompetence. That's not why we're doing this exercise. What we're trying to do is cultivate some awareness so that we can use that to learn and grow, both as people and in terms of our businesses. And um, one thing that's really um, exciting and important to note about the zone of genius is that it changes over time. So... And, and that's completely normal, you know, it, it changes over time. So, so that zone of genius quadrant can then itself divide into four and become the zone of incompetence, competence, excellence, and genius. Because the idea is that we're constantly moving closer and closer to the equivalent of the, of, of the top right-hand corner. And the second thing to remember is that something that is your zone of incompetence might be someone else's zone of genius and vice versa. 
So what's really exciting, that's the beauty of this whole thing, what's really exciting about it is that really what we want to do is if we're thinking of delegating to another person, for example, we could delegate our zone of incompetence to someone else's zone of genius. So my earlier example of a graphic designer is perfect. One would assume that doing graphics sits in their zone of genius whilst it very much sits in, in my zone of incompetence. So that is the zone of genius exercise. And off the back of that, which we can of course dive into, I then do various different exercises around how you, I call them the steps to freedom, if you will, how you start to get rid of things from your zone of incompetence and your zone of competence using systems or by delegating to other people. I love this. Oh my gosh. I love this exercise because it's, it's really simple and really easy to sit down and do and doesn't require you know, a lot of time. It doesn't require a lot of your energy. It just requires you sitting down being honest with yourself. So I think it's great in that regard for new business owners, for people who are pivoting or really trying to get into the entrepreneurship space. But, you know, on the same side of the coin, I also think that, you know, you said you're constantly changing. That zone of genius is constantly changing. And I think this is one of those things where, we're almost not checking in on it enough, right? And so this makes it a simple way for you to sit down and say, okay, this is something I need to check in on and see like, what am I wasting my time on that I shouldn't be? What am I neglecting that I should be focusing on? And especially if you're in that place, as a lot of our listeners are, where you're kind of that, you're doing the solopreneur thing and it, you're a one woman show, but you're like, okay, I really need to start looking for an employee, or I really need to start outsourcing something. I really want to grow my team in some kind of way. And this gives you the ability to say, okay, where is my money best spent? You know, like I know so many people who go hire, um, I'll just use this example because this is something that I do. They'll go hire somebody to do their Pinterest, but they don't have a Pinterest. They've never had a Pinterest. And and I'm not saying that won't work. That's fine. There are tons of people who aren't on Pinterest that should be, but if you really don't need it, like if you're, if all of your clients are over on Instagram and you really don't need Pinterest, why would you go shell out five, six, $700 a month for Pinterest services, right? Why wouldn't you get somebody to help you with Instagram so that you can really boost sales on that platform or come create systems for you so that it's taking away that, you know, some of those daily tasks that you're doing all the time or automate things or do whatever. So I think this is one of those things where especially if you're about to go hire someone or outsource to someone, this should be something you're sitting down and doing. And then just consistently checking in on that and saying, okay, you know, how has it changed? What does it look like now? Because let's face it, even if your zone of genius doesn't necessarily change, you know, your zone of excellence and your zone of competence might too, because there's so many things in business where we sit down and we go, okay, you know, I can totally do this myself. I got this. And then we sit down and we do it and we're like, oh, this sucks. Like I hate this part and we hate it. And so that's good to know about yourself. And that's, and I think it's funny with entrepreneurs because so often I think we sit down and we do that where we're like, oh, I hate this part. I never want to do this part. I don't know why I do this part. I should just pay somebody to do it. And then the next time it comes up in our business, we're like, oh, I got this. I don't need, and we totally forget that first experience where we were miserable. 
So I think this is one of those things where if you're constantly doing this and checking in with this exercise, you never have that problem. You never fall into that trap of consistently doing things that you're either not good at or that you don't enjoy. Because I do think, yes, running a business is not always going to be fun. You are going to have to do some hard parts, some parts that you don't necessarily enjoy. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, running your own business should be fun because it's your business and you get to do it your way. So I love this exercise because I think it's simple, but it's very practical and tangible in terms of getting you the information that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so really what happens once you've got that information and and I completely agree with you and and you kind of complete continue to complete this exercise and and do it several times is you want to then think about how you then free yourself as you said from those tasks and activities that you know initially I'd say sit in your zone of incompetence and then you might move to your zone of competence etc and really there are there are three ways I said my three steps to freedom you can eliminate them which is underlook you know underused if you will and actually your Pinterest examples are really good one actually like you know if you start doing Pinterest and you realize it's not really working for you or you're not enjoying it, maybe actually you just don't do it rather than necessarily outsource. You can automate it. And of course that where, that's where systems come in. And as you've just alluded to Haley, you can also outsource or delegate them. So, you know, that that's really what, what we want to be looking at. Um, eliminating is really interesting because at first glance, I think people think it's a bit of a strange one. Like, you know, why would we stop doing something? But in my opinion, it's honestly the best the best one like we don't want to spend time systematizing or in in in, you know automating or indeed paying someone to do something that we shouldn't have even been doing in the first place so really you know anyone listening who's done this exercise start with eliminating because you'd be surprised um and it will look different for for each of you but i'm actually I, i can give an example from a client of mine she was able to eliminate a task that was taking her up to maybe something like six hours a week so So she's a habits coach and two days per week, she coached one-to-one clients, six clients a day. So that was 12 clients a week. And in these sessions, she was taking endless notes, endless notes, which she herself admitted sometimes distracted her from what her clients were saying. Um, And then she would spend 30 minutes typing them up. She used to handwrite her notes. She'd then spend 30 minutes typing them up the next day and sending them to, to her clients via email. So I'm sure you can see where I'm going with with this. Oh, you know, no. six hours a week, exactly six hours a week, typing up and sending notes, right? And this was very much an activity, right, that sits in her zone of competence. It would sit in most of our zone of competence. Of course, we can sit and we can listen to a client and we can take notes. You know, I'm sure we're all competent in in, in that skill. Um, but actually, it, it sat in if you will, the equivalent of her zone of incompetence when it came to how much value it was adding to her business. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, was it adding that much value to her business? No. You could argue, of course, that it was adding value to her clients. But of course, I challenged her on that too. And when we dug deeper into this, it transpired that actually she was doing her clients a disservice as they should have been taking their own notes as that gave them ownership over the next steps in the process. So that's a very specific example from from coaching. And then I go into that much detail to, to, you know, to to show, you know, the listeners that, that it's not the easy or the obvious things necessarily that you need to eliminate. And you may even have some resistance to eliminating, eliminating them. 
but you know there's no right or wrong way to do this but i do want to encourage you to be quite ruthless with how you're spending your time and to find ways to remove things that you really shouldn't be doing and then when you've done that we can move into automating things via systems and delegating things to other people i love that yeah i think it's so funny as you're talking i'm hearing like this kind of time management side of things. And it's just funny when you sit down and think about how everything in our business really does work together, right? You really can't nail the systems if you don't stay aware of your time management and your productivity and be honest with yourself about what you're good at and what you're spending time on and all of these things. And it all just sort of ties together and works together. And so I think that's so interesting about your client, because I feel like a lot of us are in that space, right? A lot of us are doing things that we, you know, when we first say them, we're like, oh no, this doesn't take any time at all. I don't spend a lot of time on it. It's fine. But if you sat down and actually like put a timer to yourself and added it up, it's hours every week and it's such a waste. And so I, I think you know, doing that zone of genius exercise, sitting down and doing those eliminations through the lens of how do I, number one, provide the most value to my audience, to my clients, to the people that I serve. Number two, focus on the most revenue generating, you know, activities. Like, yes, you need to focus on the clients that you have and really make sure that you're providing them tons and tons of value, but you also have to be bringing in those new clients, right? You got to be making money. You got to keep that flowing and going. And so I think, you know, looking through that lens of value, am I providing value to myself through revenue or am I providing value to my clients or my audience through, you know, the things that I'm giving them or the services I'm providing or the content that I'm posting. And if it's not providing the level of value that you want to give out or that you want to be bringing into yourself, you got to get rid of it. And I think it, you know, you touched on that. We're all very like, you know, uh, kind of shy to eliminate things. It's very scary to us, but I think you have to, you've got to step into that role of being the boss and saying, okay, this isn't working anymore. So I got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, you know, earlier when I was sort of talking through my story, I, t- I talked about how I, I focus on, on that CEO mindset. This is the kind of mindset work I, I'm talking about. And I recognize there's lots of different mindset work out there, you know, and, and it's all very important around stepping into your power or money mindset or whatever. But when I talk about a CEO mindset, I mean, really, as you've just described, stepping into that, I am the boss of this business and I have to decide where my time is best spent because no one else is going to decide that for me. Absolutely. Yep. So let's dive into this five step process that you have for creating systems. I just want to get into that a little bit more uh, before we close out. So can you just tell us like, what are the five steps and what does that process look like as we go through them? Absolutely. Yeah. So once you've eliminated tasks, you want to start thinking about automating tasks. And the best possible way to do that is a system. So systems effectively, they save you time. And this is what all of this is about. So when you've implemented the right systems, you create more time, but you also create mental freedom. And with both, you know, the the mental freedom and and the time you get to um, focus on on growing your business rather than kind of being stuck into the detail and, and that busy work. So the first thing to note is that systems are going to be different for every business, but the guiding principle I want you to ask yourself, you know, wherever you are in your business journey right now, is if I were to take a month off tomorrow, could my business run and run well without me? And 
you know, most of the people listening are going to be like, hell no, like, you know, and that's okay. That's completely normal. But this five-step process I'm going to take you through is the starting point for starting to think about how you could take one month off so that you can answer very confidently yes to this question next time someone were to ask it. And I really don't want you to be put off by the word systems. They don't have to be rigid actions and they don't always have to, they're not always an IT thing. It's not a, a necessarily a computer program or an app or something like that. They're guidelines really to help your business run smoothly and efficiently. So really the things that qualify as a system are it's a a system addresses a specific problem or business issue. A system is in some way automatic, which is where the tech does come in. Once created, a system doesn't require intensive thought or effort. And a system is effectively a process or a routine. And you can systemize major business areas like, you know, elements of your marketing as much as you can systemize areas like doing your expenses or your invoicing it it kind of you know big or or small so to understand where we need systems I, I like to ask myself four questions what activities happen really regularly invoicing is a really good example of that What activities take a lot of time? For me, that's my taxes. Um, Something like that, you know, tends to be quite time consuming. What activities might frustrate you? That could be some kind of customer support thing or something like that. And what activities are outside your competency, which is why we started with the Zona Genius exercise. And of course, I gave that example earlier of graphic design being mine. So I want you to analyze your answers and note any activities that are listed more than once. So for me, graphic design actually would happen regularly, takes me a lot of time because I'm not very good at it and it's outside of my core competency hence why I outsource it and I know it can be tempting to create systems for lots of different activities but my suggestion is always just to start with one maybe two and then go from there rather than kind of trying to do all of the things and so when we talk about the types of systems you could create they're actually in to a certain extent they're endless it could be a schedule to check emails and write emails and file emails it could be a scheduling system so people can automatically book time in your diary it can be some side kind some kind of meeting system where you know how notes are taken during a meeting and how those action points out of a meeting get put into a, a you know an it system so you can track them but really what we want to think about is we want to create systems and optimize systems that exist already in your business rather than again to use your Pinterest example trying to do something new we're trying to make your life easier here exactly so step one of course is to identify the processes that you want to systematize which is as I said if something kind of you know if you answer the same process you know to more than one of those questions you know that that's kind of the place to start and then step number two is describe what you want to achieve out of creating that system because we want to be really clear on what that preferred outcome is. Is it to reduce time? Is it to delegate it to someone else? Is it to um, make your life easier? Like, what is it that you're actually trying to do? Because the solution is therefore different depending on what you're trying to do. Number three, which ties into this, is to list the problems that you have with the current process. So is the challenge that there isn't a process? Very common. That tends to be the most most, um, normal one. Or is it that you don't have enough time to execute it? You know, maybe you do want to be posting on Instagram every day, but you don't have a good system in place to allow you to do that. Is it maybe that the system, the software, I should say, that you're currently using isn't functional? You're using an invoicing system, but it doesn't send automated invoices, for example. Or is it that you actually don't have the expertise to implement the process? 
i.e. graphic design or doing my taxes and therefore you want to, to outsource that activity altogether. So that, you know, those first three steps of, of my five step process is effectively getting really clear on what process you want to systemize, why you want to systemize it, you know, what the challenges are. And I know it might seem um, time consuming, if you will, to, to sort of spend three steps just figuring out where to start. But it's, um, there's that, I think it's a parable. I don't know about, you know, if I want to, the, the, basically the crux of it is, you know, if you want to chop down a tree, you'll spend most of the time sharpening the knife. That's what we're doing here. We're sharpening our knife. We're making sure that we don't then spend time creating a system and executing a system that we didn't really need in the first place or that doesn't do what we actually needed it to do. So please do take the time to kind of do those first three steps and get really clear on which systems you want to create, why you want to create them and what the challenges are. And then we want to plan exactly what this process is going to look like. So a well-defined uh, process solves your issue in a sequential way. So there's a step one and a step two and a step three and a step four. I recommend you write down the process by numbering each steps like that. I find it much easier to kind of visualize and then create. And I actually use post-it notes on my walls. I've got these kind of big post-it notes and big white wall and I'll I'll, I'll use post-it notes because then you can move things around and you can see it quite visually. Um, so I create the sequence of events in steps on my wall. And what you then want to do is you want to look for tasks within that process that you can either automate or you can outsource. So as an example, if we were to map out the... Um, the process from when a customer decides to work with you to let's say your first call there might be a contract that needs to be sent out or there might need to be an invoice that needs to be sent or there might need to be a, a, a strategy call booked in or whatever it might look like there'll be different processes we would map it all out step one two three four five on on the wall and we'd start to think okay can we use a system so for example a very well-known system like Dubsado can do all of that for you but if you don't have Dubsado could you automate just the invoicing process or could you use Calendly or Acuity just to automate the the sending out of, of a link so they can book themselves into your calendar so that's what we're looking for we're kind of mapping out it all to make it much easier and and this can be as small or as large as you want you know an example for me is my uh, invoicing software has email templates saved in it so when my assistant then you know goes to invoice a new client actually all she needs to be do is press send or put the amount in and press send because all the rest has been set up in advance. So I don't want anyone listening to get overwhelmed by the amounts of things you could do. We're just giving examples here. But really the idea is you start by mapping out what the process looks like up on your wall or on a piece of paper, whatever it is. And you start to look at ways in which you can either eliminate steps or automate steps or put in place, um, put in place software that can help you do that. And the first few times you may have to read through your numbered list. You may keep it up on your wall, but eventually the idea is the system becomes a routine or it's entirely automated that ideally you don't even need to think about it. And it allows you either to outsource it or, or, or not even think about it it so you can then move on to system number two three etc and I really want to encourage people to revisit the systems a little bit like the zone of genius exercise things change some things become redundant you 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 know I don't know buy a, a new software that allows you to do something else automatically whatever it is but you will always find that things can be tweaked and made a little bit better um and and you might get feedback on something you know maybe you automate the whole process but it turns out it's really confusing to a client so you then need to add an extra email that explains the process to them or whatever it might be you just want to kind of be open 
And of course, once you've then been through steps two to five, so outlined the uh, outcome, listed your challenges, planned your process and executed on that, you can then rinse and repeat it for several other processes and systems and so on. And I honestly, you can, you can systemize virtually anything in your business and every single system has the potential to reduce your mental load and to free up your time. I'm going to be really honest, a bit of a confession here. It does take time upfront. So this, it's not, you know, it, it's very worthwhile to do, but it can be a little bit tedious and it does take time upfront, particularly actually if you, you know, tend to sit on the more creative side than the logical side, it can be a bit tedious to set up the systems, but it is so, so worth it because you're actually saving hundreds of hours in the long run. And, and that, you know, comes back to that zone of genius and freeing up your time to do the things that, that really light you up where, you know, that you love doing, or even just be able to take time off, right? We, do, we don't want a business so we can be chained to our laptop. So what does it look like to free up your time so you can go to the park with the kids, so you can watch Netflix, so you can have that bubble bath or whatever it might be. So it's really about being really efficient with your time and, and systems are such a good way of doing that. I think it's also important to note too, and you touched on this a little bit that yes, it takes up a lot of time and yes, it's going to save you a ton of hours in the long run, but remember that you can do this bit by bit. And, you know, you, you kind of touched on this with saying you just rinse and repeat, do it for different systems, you know, and you said, you know, if you have Dubsado, it does all these things. Um, but if you don't have Dubsado, maybe can you just um, automate the invoicing or automate the contracts. And so you kind of touched on it there with just sit down and say, okay, what do I need to do in the long run? What is the whole process in the long run? You know, go through these five steps and say, okay, you know, this is the system I want to create. Here's how I'm going to do it. Here's the tools or the platforms or whatever that I'm going to use. But okay, right now I can't afford the platform that I need. So I'm just going to go do this part or I don't have time to sit down and build out this whole system. So I'm just going to do this part right now and this part next week and this part next month, build yourself a plan to actually finish out, finish building out that system. It doesn't have to be this big monumental task where you sit down on a Monday and you build all of your systems from scratch and then you're done by the end of Monday. It can be a work in progress at all times and it should be a work in progress and you touched on this too that things are constantly changing some of your old systems aren't going to keep working forever the way that you need them to because you're changing your business is changing your audience is changing all the time so your systems have to change and evolve with it um, and i think it's also important to note that you know a lot of people hear about systems they hear about that this whole process and all these things they have to get into and they think, well, I can't afford that. Well, there are so many free tools, free resources, free ways of doing things so that you can create systems. And I think when we say systems, I feel like people automatically think of those tools that they use like Dubsado or Honeybook or Calendly or whatever. And I think it's important to note that if you are in a place where you cannot afford those tools or you don't prefer those tools for some reason, you can 110% follow these pro this process and still create systems within Google Drive or Dropbox mm -hmm. or Trello or whatever. Like you can okay. create 
your own little workflows and your own way of doing things, because it goes right back to what we were talking about, about getting into entrepreneurship. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, you know, Google is is the perfect example. You know, some of my systems, you know, are checklists for when I do a launch, just so I don't have to hold that information in my brain. You Same. know, one of my systems is using scheduled send emails. So I, you know, I send a, a regular monthly email reminder to to some of my clients. It, it was a paid, it was a paid feature for the system I used. I didn't want to pay. So, you know, I sat down one day and set out on the last day of the month, the email to go out for the whole of 2021 it took me all of half an hour and it's now automated there's a system cost me nothing so it's certainly i think it doesn't have to be particularly techy and it certainly doesn't have to be expensive it's about remembering that our brains are not meant for holding story information they're made for thinking and so it's about taking things out of our brains um or you know little bits of note you know note pieces paper or things like that and putting them somewhere even if that's just a list in an excel sheet where you can kind of make your life easier and and, and make things quicker absolutely yeah and it's just freeing up that brain space and i think when you do that Number one, obviously your business runs way, way better. Like it's so much more of a smooth transition into things. You're able to make more money because you're focusing on what you should be doing and what you're good at and what you love doing. Your audience is happier. Your clients are happier. And this is, you know, you touched on this earlier too, something that those big time entrepreneurs, those six and seven figure businesses, those gurus that we all love to follow on Instagram, this is what they know to be true. And that's why they have the systems they have. They build the teams that they have and they focus on the couple of things that they're good at. And I don't think that that's to say that you can't run a very successful business by yourself because you absolutely can, but just acknowledging, okay, if I'm going to run it by myself, I do have to prioritize my own time. I do have to prioritize my own mental well-being. I want to stay happy and focused and really feel like I'm thriving in this business, which means I've got to create these systems that I know work for me, not for anybody else, just for me, for my budget, for my schedule, for my, you know, personality and and the way I like to do things and build those out for you. So I love this. I love this process. Totally. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. I love it. Well, I think this is a great place to kind of close out because you gave our listeners tons of stuff to do. Um, So I know they're probably sitting at home right now, like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? But they start with the zone of genius exercise, like you told them. So uh, I think they've got a lot to go on here, a lot of tangible steps to work through. Um, and maybe somebody's listening who they've, you know, they know their zone of genius, they know where they're at and they've gotten through step one and two, but maybe they're on step three and they really didn't know where to go from here. So I think this has been a really helpful conversation, regardless of kind of where you are in your business. And also just a nice reminder to everybody to keep checking in on those systems and and how to check in on them and how to really make sure that their business is, is running and thriving the way that it should be. So I love it. I love it. I'm excited. So since it is the end of the episode, I do want to dive in to our rapid fire round really quick. And these are just going to be some really quick little questions and answers that are just a fun way to close out the show. So are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Number one, what is one part of your morning routine 
that you absolutely love? My husband brings a cup of tea down in the mornings and I journal with my cup of tea in bed and I wouldn't change it for the world. Both the journaling and the cup of tea. I need both. I love that. I love that. I feel like we have a lot of journalers. I know I'm a, I'm big on journaling. And so I feel like that's always kind of a cool answer that kind of unites us all, you know, like we're all like, I love my journal, but that's also very sweet of your husband. I, I love I it. <laughs> All right. What is the last book that you read? I just finished. Um, what have I just read? I read a lot. Um, I actually can't remember what I've just finished, but I am I'm maybe one chapter away from re- re- from finishing Oprah Winfrey's book at the moment. Um, I, I don't know exactly what it's called. It's like what I know for sure, I think is the, the title. Um, okay. Each of the chapters are really short, kind of really like bite size. And it, it's effectively her lessons in life. And it, it's great. Yeah, really enjoying it. I love that. I love that. I'll have to check that out. I don't think I've read that one, but it sounds, I love the little like bite size yeah. kind of chapters that, that teach you a lot of stuff. So I like that. Oh, I've just remembered. I've just finished The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. That was the oh, book I yeah. just finished. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. I oh, I love that book. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's great. Changes your life. Totally, Changes your totally. Life. I love it. I love it. Yes, everybody should go read that one for sure. <laughs> I love it. All right. What is one thing that you are looking forward to in this upcoming season? So it can be business or personal, but something that you're excited about. I think it's going to have to be travel. We're recording this January, 2021. I've not been on an airplane for a long time. My sister lives in New York. I've not seen her. My brother lives in Georgia. I've not seen him. So I am very much looking forward to traveling again. I think we can all relate to that. (laughs) Yes. I miss, I miss traveling. I miss going places anywhere. Really. I'll go anywhere. I think that's all of us. We're like, oh, down the street. Sure. Yeah, I'll go. I'm here for it. (laughs) I love it. Yes. I cannot wait to travel again. That's going to be amazing. All right. What is, and I'm very interested to hear this because we're talking about systems. What is one tool or resource or platform that you use in your business that you recommend to everybody? Like you swear by it. I'm going to answer Asana. Um, I, it doesn't have to be Asana, I guess the point being a, some kind of project management tool and it feeds entirely into what we've you know already been talking about, about that idea that you shouldn't store things in your brain, you wanna kind of get it out. And Asana for me is that. I I have one with my team and then I've also got a, a you know my own Asana board. And as I said, it can, you know, it could be an Excel spreadsheet. And I, I actually even put my personal tasks, you know, yep. if I my my list for the grocery stores on there, like it just I try and get as much out out of my head onto Asana as possible. And it, it's it's changed my life, it's changed my business. And yeah, I definitely recommend having some tool like that, whether it's Trello, whether it's Asana, whether it's, it's you know, the notes up in your phone, but just being yep. able to get stuff out of your head down somewhere else. I love that. Yeah, I'm a Trello user myself, but I'm I'm right there with you. I'm like, just that ability to be like, oh, I have an idea and go like scribble it down somewhere. So, you know, you don't have to worry about it. and so that you're not looking for it later. Cause my husband does this. He puts things like on a piece of paper and then leaves it somewhere and then puts something else in his like notepad on his phone. And so constantly I'm like, Oh, what was that idea you had? And he's like, Oh, I don't know where I put it. And it drives me nuts. I'm like, you need like 
a Trello board or something. Yeah. You need yeah, something, some something. type of organization. Yeah, everything in the same place. And actually, you know, that idea of kind of when you've got an idea and writing it down, I'm such a, a fan of that. I, I call it, you know, either the parking lot or a backlog or something where you can take a note of things because not everything can be created right now. Not everything can be done right now. So the idea really behind it is also just being able to list things, no matter how big or small, no matter how, you know, exciting a new idea it is or not, that you can just get that out and written down and then come back to it when the time is right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Great recommendation. All right. Last rapid fire question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Ask for help, I think. Uh, possibly Ooh, a little bit, one. you know, a little bit cliched, if you will, but I think that particularly as, as, as women and kind of that like A-type style women, it's this idea that you can just Google it or just do it by yourself. And of course you can, I'm a big believer in that, but it is so much easier, so much more comfortable if you ask for help, whether that is sharing something with a friend, looking for a mentor, you know, in business and in life, I just feel that when you know, when it got hammered home enough times for me, I've certainly been given this advice a lot of times and, and didn't listen often, but it got hammered home enough times and I finally started taking that advice. That's when things really started to change for me because we just can't be experts in everything. We, you know, we, we, we often have these expectations of being kind of superwoman and there's no need for us to be a superwoman or a superman. And, and asking for help for me is absolutely the start of that. Like, you know, you don't get any points for trying to do it all and trying to do it all by yourself. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. And I think something, you know, like you said, we can all do it ourselves. You definitely have the, the power and the qualifications and the whatever to go do that, but you shouldn't have to, you should be able to ask for help. And it is a breath of fresh air when you finally do. I definitely can speak from experience on that too. So I love that. All right, Sophie, tell everybody where they can find you. Where do you hang out online? Where do you want them to go check you out? Yeah, so I definitely hang out most on Instagram. So my handle's Mrs. Sophie Thorne with an E. And if you've listened to this and you want the my five-step process or you want my zone of genius exercise, just drop me a DM and I'll really happily share that with any of the listeners. So yeah, come, come say hi on, on Instagram and I can absolutely give you some of these resources. Perfect. I love it. Instagram's my favorite too. So everybody definitely go check Sophie out and we will put all of her links in the show notes as well. So head over there. You can read a little more about Sophie and follow along with her with all the cool stuff that she does. Sophie, thank you so much for just giving us your time. I know, you know, we were talking about how valuable your time is. So I appreciate you giving a little bit up for us today and definitely for sharing all of these tips and this advice that I really think is going to help our listeners beyond just that, that basic kind of conversation that you typically hear about systems. I think we really went so much deeper into that. And I love this five-step process and these exercises that you've given them to do. So I think they've gotten some really good, tangible stuff to, to go forward working on. So I just want to say thank you and that we appreciate you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Haley. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. 
If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at females on fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.